0: I would like to invite John Narayan up to the stage to preach for us today. Give him a round of applause. Awesome. Awesome. How are we feeling, church? Awesome. With the last three last two weeks this is the third week. We've been going through the serve campaign. You know when you walk in the door, you see the discipleship pathway, believe, connect, serve, multiply. Um, that's what we've been going through on our third week of serve. Everyone seen these booklets around, these red ones. Um, these are an incredible tool. There's something we're going through in our connect groups. And I encourage you, if you're not going to connect group, get involved in one. We're going to go into these a bit more in depth. But also, I encourage you to take one home and read it. They're for you. There's multiple around. the are to stay here. They're for you to take home. I mean, if you do have one near you, and you might not, but if you do, can you just go with me to page uh, 20? And I've got them up on the slide. There's a, I'm talking about spiritual gifts today. It's the third week um, of the series. And there's a list in here. There's actually a great tool in here where it goes through a bunch of spiritual gifts that are listed in the Bible. And it gives you an ability to choose between the ones that you might think you are. And there's something called a ministry profile on page like 37, 38. Um, so they're, they're going to come up onto the slide, a list of them. I encourage you to go through them. Um, it's talks on unwrapping my gifts. There's preaching or speaking Uh, There's prophecy, evangelism, missions, uh, apostolic teaching, people that, you know, educate clearly, um, encouragement, wisdom, we've got them behind. There's a whole bunch of them. So I pray that today when we go through this message on spiritual gifts, that some of these, if you haven't already, um, that some of them call out to you. Put up your hand today if you think you have a spiritual gift and and you know what it is. It's okay if you don't. Keep your hands raised. Keep your hands raised. Okay, about about half of us. That's, that's not bad. And, and I truly believe today there's some people in this place that know they have spiritual gifts, some that haven't. But um, it's it's quite clear in Scripture that if you have the Holy Spirit, you do have gifts. Um, and whether you've unwrapped them or not, I'm not sure. But that's today what we want to unlock. Does that sound good? Does that sound great? Awesome. We're going to have time at the end. Where we're going to get people to come up and we're going to pray for you guys if you're, if you're looking for that, um, which you should be. So I encourage you. Awesome. Let's get into it. I, I found a verse in the Bible. So I'm using my, my dad's iPad. I've just borrowed my iPad, uh, his iPad, because um, mine has carked it. Um, there's a verse that I found while preparing for this, and it really encouraged me. And I think I want to use it in front of all of my, at the start of all of my preachers before I get into it. It's in Psalm 119 162. It says, "I rejoice in your word like one who discovers a great treasure." Amazing! I rejoice in your word, and, and I'm like, is there a reason? Like, is there a reason why I get excited when I speak? It's because the Bible says that we, we to rejoice in His word, like we have found a great treasure. So I hope today that when I'm speaking, that we're delighting in God's word together. Does that sound good? Yeah. That we could get passionate together, we get excited, and we say, "Wow, I have found gold." How how good would that be? What do we What do we stand up? Let's Let's pray for today's word, dear Father. I thank you for the word today, Lord God, that this word isn't just for me, Lord God, but it's for the people here, Lord Father, The Holy Spirit, you've prepared something incredible for the people here today, Lord God, that their hearts would be ready to receive. Lord Father, that you would speak through me, Lord God, I wouldn't speak my own words because they would result in foolishness, Lord God, and I just pray today that the gifts that are upon people's lives, people would begin to unwrap and to unlock and, and discover. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Feel free, uh, feel free. I love Moses. When he spoke, he says, feel free to just shout. I can only preach if you shout at me. Um, how good is that? How amazing is that? So the mysteries of God, it says in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 2. Um, it's an incredible verse that I came across. It says, let men so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful wow, how incredible it says that we are to be servants in Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. And I sort of stumbled across this verse, if I'm honest with you, the way I found it was I Googled and we've all heard it before that God works in mysterious ways. Has anyone heard that one before? God works or God moves in mysterious ways. And I looked it up and I Googled it. I'm like, all right, let me find the verse that talks about that. And believe it or not, there was not a verse that said that directly. It was just—it just came out of a song that was written in the 1900s. It was God works in mysterious ways, and the guy wrote it just talking about the sovereignty of God. But as Christians, we've and as believers, we've become and accustomed to to say, if we don't understand something, it's like, hey, God works in mysterious ways. It's okay. Like that guy got sick. I'm sure God will work it out. God works in mysterious ways. That guy's going through a financial problem or a family problem. It's okay because guess what? God's it's God's will. God works in mysterious ways. But what this verse is telling us is that we are the stewards, we have been delegated, managed, the mysteries of God. And what that means, it doesn't mean we're going to fully understand everything that happens in this world, we won't. It never means we'll fully understand God, because we won't. There is mysteries, God is sovereign, there's no way we're going to understand everything that happens. But what he, what he is saying is that there is some mysteries that God has stewarded to us to continue his work. It's amazing, in in 1 Peter, um, Peter talks about the same in chapter 4, verse 10, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So that means that God has graced us, God has given each of us different forms of of gifts and grace. That means that we're all in different, different way. When When I step into speaking on here, it's not because of my ability, it's because of God's grace. God gave it freely, I did not earn it. Uh, Yes, I may develop the gift over time, but it's because of the Holy Spirit moving within me. God graces people, and it's when you step into that place of grace, when it comes freely, is when you're using your gifts. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 6 to 7, it says, There are different kinds of working in all of them, and everyone is the same God and Spirit at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for common good. So this is saying we've all been given various graces, uh, forms of grace and different gifts, but what is it used for us? No, it's used for the common good. It's used for the kingdom. It's not just for us. It's a gift. It's freely given and freely, freely received, but also freely given. It says, and it's funny because this is Paul talking in 1 Corinthians, and he talks what what Paul did in Corinthians he talked um, he, he got a letter from the Corinthian church and he was essentially replying to questions they had and and, and earlier this is in chapter 12 but in verse 4 they actually asked him a question um, around sex around sexual immorality how how they meant to properly use sex and he goes through in and 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and he says um, that you know a man and a woman Um, should not restrain or abstain from sex if they're a husband and wife. He goes through that and he talks about, and it's funny they were asking Paul about that because Paul was actually single himself. Like he was, he, he was destined, he wasn't married, he wasn't destined to be. And it's funny because in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, it, it, it goes on after he's saying that a husband and wife should not um, abstain each other from sex except for in a limited time where they commit to praying and fasting. He, he goes on and he says this in verse 7, oh sorry, it's not chapter 4, chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it says, I wish that all of you were as I am. He's like, I wish all of you were single and all of you had to abstain from sex. But it says, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. And I've seen some people, the married people in this space, they smile. They're like, praise God we don't have that gift. <laughs> they said, praise God. But, and praise God we don't, right? <laughs> Good preaching. Good preaching that we're not. And, and the thing is, and this is important because it, he's working under the same God, the same mission that says be fruitful and multiply. And the thing is, if everyone has Paul's, Paul's gift, the kingdom of God will not be established. Because God's called us to different things. If everyone was to abstain, then we wouldn't have what God wanted. But there is some people that are called like Paul, to abstain and give their whole lives to Christ. In Matthew, I want to go to the parable of the talents. Many of you may have heard this story, but I just want to pull it apart a bit. Matthew um, 25, we're going to start from verse 14. Uh, It talks about in verse 14, I'll read it out for you. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And I want Jesus is saying this for the kingdom of heaven. And when he talks about the kingdom of, hev- or kingdom of heaven, you know it's of some importance because the kingdom of heaven is it's spiritual. It's, it's everything, right? The kingdom of heaven. Um, and he's telling the, them about a master or a man that's going, a wealthy man that's going and traveling to a far country, which means that he's going away for a time being and he needs someone to look after his operations. This was Jesus speaking to the people of the time saying, I'm about to leave you but I need someone to maintain the kingdom of heaven. So I'm going to give you some things in order to do that. So God didn't say, I'm going to leave you. And, and best of luck, guys. I hope, uh, hope for the best. He, say, he says, no, I'm going to give you some tools. I'm going to give you some gifts. I'm going to give you some abilities to do that. And, and at the time when Jesus was on earth with his disciples, majority of the time you see Jesus doing the miracles. You see Jesus doing the teaching. You, you see Jesus performing most of the stuff. And it's not only in Acts when they receive the gifts that you see more of the disciples getting involved and starting doing the healings. Because because God was in there, he had to leave them something. So it says in here that the servants came up to the master, and not only were they servants, now they were about to become stewards. They were about to look after something, um, look after the man and the operations that become responsible. They were being entrusted with. They were no longer servants, they were entrusted with the gifts that God was ab- uh, that the Master was about to give them. And it's interesting because when you become a believer, so there's a couple of audiences obviously I'm speaking to today that may be in the place you don't identify as a Christian, maybe you haven't had the Holy Spirit infilled. I promise you the gift of salvation is beautiful. And that's a gift that comes freely, and every gift comes freely from God. And there's another audience in here who we are Christians, we have the Holy Spirit, but, and we've received a gift. But it doesn't, we don't know we've received that or not, but we do all have gifts. Whether you have unlocked it or not is a different story. And that's what I hope you go through today. Um, but the, the, the thing is, you have already received it. And when preparing for this, I had this image, this picture um, of a Christmas tree. And we as a church, we all standing on this Christmas, Christmas tree, which is an exciting time. And there was all these unwrapped gifts in the middle. All of them had our names on it. Some of them looks half open, it looks like one or two have opened. And I don't know about you, our family had a tradition where we sat around and opened up the presents together and and sometimes you're waiting a while to get to your gift, and you're like, "Oh, other people are happy." You can see other people joyful in their presence and their gifts, and you're like, "Man, you start to go and be jealous, be envious." Like, when is it my time? You know what I mean? But I, but I feel as a church that we're sitting around, and God has given us mysteries in those gifts. He's given us spiritual gifts. There's some, and it's it's it looks mysterious up until this point because we haven't even unwrapped it, we haven't unlocked it. Um, but there's some gifts that has our name on it that God's given us. We just haven't opened it. We just haven't haven't entered into that. It's funny, God gives us gifts to use them. I, there's a running joke in our family, and I know mum's here, which is great, because I'd hate to say when she's not here. But um, there was this problem where our goats used to be on the farm, and they used to get through the barbed wire fence and go towards the road. And 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 my mum was always asking my dad, hey, you, we need to fix that problem, we can't afford the goats to get out. So what she did for Christmas, she bought him an electric fence. <laughs> so he opens his box up, he's like, oh, electric fence, this is great. Like... <laughs> i thought it was like it's like Kalina gifting me laundry powder it just it, you know what i mean it's just like it's just like but the thing is he used it and the goats didn't get out it worked right it, it worked and god gives us gifts not just for the sake of it not sh- just to make us feel good but for a purpose and to use it because it's going to work it says in in verse 15 of matthew 25 and it says the master then gave five talents mind you talents at the time they were they were a currency they were it was gold so it says Um, I I looked it up and it says one talent is about 33 kilos of gold, which is like 20 years worth of salary, like one half million dollars, one talent. So it says the master gave five talents to one. It says two to another and then to another one, to each according to his own ability. I could preach on that line right there. And immediately he went on a journey it's incredible. He gave different talents to different people according to their ability. And I want to break this down into three little things. Why is it according to his own ability? It's because God is diverse and he hasn't actually given us equal skills abilities. He, he actually hasn't given us, we're, we're different, we're diverse. That's the nature of God. We're all equally loved. We're all equally created. But we all have different abilities and different gifts. Not everyone is athletically inclined. You know, some people come into a family and out of the womb and they have the genetics for that. But not all of us. God is diverse and it's beautiful because God is diverse. Number, number two, it's because he gave it out proportionally. So he gave it out. The guy that got five... And the guy that got two it was according to their ability, according to what they already had. So what that means, the one with five, you might have to think about this one a little bit. I had two. The one with five and the one with two and the one with one, they all had to put the same amount of effort and work in order to use that. Because it was according to their ability. So if one, the one with greater ability had to, had to put less effort for less talents, he gave him more talent so they were all equal. So essentially it is equal, it's just they have to put the amount, same amount of effort and work. And number three, it leaves us with no excuse not to use it because he's given us, um, the, he's given it according to our ability and he hasn't gone beyond us. That we have the ability to do it, we need to rely on God, yes, but he's not given us something that's impossible. It's it's possible if we lean on him. And there's a difference between spiritual gifts and talents and in two weeks, my lovely sister Jemima is going to speak on abilities, so I'm hoping I'm not trampling on her feet too much, um, but it's a secret. You didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. Whoops. (laughs) Um, But there's a difference between spiritual gifts and natural abilities. Uh, Natural abilities and talents is something, and preface this with God gave both of them. God God designed both of them. He created us in our womb. But they're different. Spiritual gifts. Are given by the Holy Spirit, natural talents and abilities are something that we, are a result of our genetics, a result of our environment. Like some people grow into a sporting family, they're more inclined to be sporty. Some people have different genes that are more inclined for those things, where it's a result of our environment and, and talent and all those things, that's natural. But, but the spiritual gifts are a result, are a free gift, and they're from the Holy Spirit. So we, as Christians, we receive the gift because the Holy Spirit gives it to us. So that's the difference between non-believers don't have spiritual gifts. Why? Because the Holy Spirit gives it to us. But there's plenty of non-believers that are incredible at music, incredible at speaking, incredible, talented, amazing. But that's natural. We're talking about spiritual gifts today. And I encourage you, you might have great talents, but what are your spiritual gifts? Because before this, I'd, I'm like, I'd blurred lines. I'm like, what's the difference? Like, oh yeah, I can do a few things. I'm all right at that. I'm, I'm relatively gifted at soccer. I like soccer. But I'm like, wait, spiritual gifts. God's asking us to enter into the mysteries, not into the scene. We enter into God's economy of faith, the mysterious, the unknown, and the spiritual with spiritual gifts. The thing with natural abilities and talents is we can take credit for that quite easily. But when we enter into the spirit, there's no way, when we enter into the spirit, we can take glory for God's business. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. We can't take gr- credit for God's grace. God wants us to step into that realm, the grace zone. I I, I recently spoke at a youth camp um in on the south coast in January. And I was preparing for this word, and the topic was fierce love. And I was getting a bit. It was. It was. It was around the week of, and I was on the train. And I'm thinking, what am I going to speak on? I had like, you know, uh, a verse from 1 Corinthians about love. 1 Corinthians 13, like, love is patient, love is kind. I'm like, what am I going to speak on? God, give me something. And I didn't want to force it. Um, I'm just like, God, give me something. And I was praying, and I was, and I was hoping. And because I know when the when I uh, there's many times that I'm going to be completely transparent. Sometimes I'm writing a sermon. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to brainstorm. This is going to be awesome. And, and I'm brainstorming and brainstorming and I get stuck. And I'm like, and I get to the point I read it and I'm like, this, is, this isn't like, God doesn't want me to say this. Like, God, what, when are you going to turn up? When are you going to inspire me to do this? Like, I want to speak your word. Um, and it got to that point and God gave me this story about a guy, an ex-youth member that actually committed suicide. And he gave me this story and I'm like, wow, this is really, really dark. I'm going to be so careful with this. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to speak about it. I'm not going to speak about it. Like, uh, in my mind for a couple of months, I'm like, I don't like, this is serious business. I don't want to, I don't like, and I had to, I didn't know how I was going to approach it. I'm like, but as soon as I, I had in my notebook, I had a couple of verses. I wrote that's the name of that guy down. I closed the notebook and I went to preach it. And, and I, I, I went, and there was by the Spirit of God, like, I don't know if that's prophecy. I, me and cleaner were doing a test yesterday. I'm like, I don't think I have a prophecy, but if God's speaking to us before and telling a group of people, I'm like, maybe that's prophecy. So I get there, and I speak the message, and it was great. We had an altar call. People were saved. But something I didn't notice during the altar call was that about a group of 10 to 15 guys exited the building. And then during the prayer time, I didn't know this till after, about 10, 10 to 15 girls came and they were praying at the front, they were in the old um, and, school, and what happened was, it was only, I don't know the exact time period, I did forget, but it was within the last couple of months, two of those boys in that youth group's dad had the same pattern of that story and, and ended up committing suicide. And then I, I was speaking to the girl. I didn't really connect with the girls too much. Those girl leaders praying for them. But I went to another guy I was praying for. And then he said he's been struggling with depression and anxiety for the last 15 months because of a friend that committed suicide. And the, the youth leader that came, um, that was a part of that youth group, came up to me and says, those boys needed to hear exactly what you said. And I spoke to I'm like, I don't, know, I don't even have the words to say. I just have the story and the spirit of the living God came through and just delivered exactly what was needed for that audience. It says in one Peter four eleven, it says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If if anyone serves, they should do with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We are the stewards of the absolute mysteries of God. I love that story because there's absolutely no way I can take credit for that. Why would, on that occasion, I ever think of a story like that? Like, it's, as dark as it is, why would I? And, and, and part of that story is sort of me opening up and saying I could have done a, a better job with some things. And, and, and it, was, it was crazy. I'm like, wow, why would I open up? Why would I bring that to, that to that place? It's only God. It's absolutely only God. It says in Matthew 25, 16, it says, The, guy with, um, the servant with five, that received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. It says in verse 17, likewise, the guy with two gained two more. But it says the one with one talent, it says he went and dug his one in the ground and hid his Lord's money. It says after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And I love this because it speaks exactly to our discipleship pathway. It says uh, it, what happened was they, they received the gifts, they believed, they connected with others, they traded, they served faithfully, and then they saw multiplication, which, which is amazing. It's exactly what we, we think we should go on as, as a path, that we, when we serve faithfully, multiplication is the result of that. How amazing is that? And it says, but what, what scared me about the story is the one that didn't, the one that did hide, hide the gift. He did hide the money into the ground. And it says later on here, I'll go into it. In, in verse 23, it's oh, I'm, sorry, I'm skipping a lot of verses here. In verse 20, it talks about that the, the master did come back. And Jesus is describing this. He's describing the event of the master coming back because that's exactly what he's going to do. So when, whether it be on the day of judgment, whether it be him coming back to earth, he's coming to back to settle accounts with what we've done. And, and what he's given us is when it comes to that day, he's like, what have you done with what I've given you? The gifts, the, you know, not the ones that you had to earn for. I'm talking about the ones that I gave you freely. <laughs> not the gifts that you had to earn for, the ones I gave you freely. What, what have you done with them? And the master comes back and he talks to the one with five and it says, Lord, you delivered me five and I gave you another five. And I love the ma- this master seems wonderful. It's, it's an incredible response. The Lord said to him, and this is exactly, I assume, what, if Jesus is using the analogy of the kingdom of heaven, I assume this is what God would say to us if we found faithful. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over few things. I will make you ruler over many things. I wish that, you know, five talents was few things. You know what I mean? Like, I wish, like, if, if it was, like, 33 kilos of gold for one telephone that's that to me that seems like a lot of things it's it's valuable right it's what we what we have church is valuable each gift is valuable each each gift is valuable uh, but the the master says, "I've made you ruler over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things and I love this because he says, I will make you ruler over. He doesn't say, Hey mate, you made ten, I'll take eight, I'll give you a cut of two you know you know I'd be inclined to say, you know, and if I did a good job, you know what I mean? Like, maybe there's some commission. I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know. Maybe that's just a business mind speaking. Like, where's the cut? Like, yeah. I, you went away. I did the work, right? Um, but no, he says, I'll make you rule over many things, implying that he's still a steward of what the master. He, did, he didn't gain for himself. He gained for the, the kingdom. Yeah. He gained for his master's operation. And, and then it says, um, and he says, I will make you rule over many things. And if you thought that was great, I found the, the best part of this and I would forget about the rest. It says, enter into the joy of your Lord. Wow. When you get to heaven, like, it's like, who cares what happened on earth? Like, I just want to enter into the joy and the love and the comfort of the living God. I just want to enter into your joy, God. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even here for the commission now. Like, I'm just like, your joy. Imagine we're entering into the presence of God with joy. And this is the guy with five and the guy with two. He only had two, right? Like not as much as five. But it's interesting. The master says the exact same response. Equal response, he says, because he, he did the same thing. He just doubled it. He says, he also gained two more talents. He says, sorry. He says, in verse 22, he also had received two talents and came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, the exact same response, well done, good and faithful, faithful servant, faithful. We've heard that a couple of times in this sermon. Faithful, you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things enter into the joy of your Lord. How incredible that when we f- serve, serve faithfully, not only do we experience the multiplication of the kingdom, not only do we experience the multiplication of our gifts, but we also experience the joy of our Lord. It says in verse 24, it says, then the one who received the one talent came and said, this is now, the guys come up. The first two have gone in for the interview. They're set. They're about to get a promotion. They're, they're, they're buzzing, right? Yeah. They're a promotion into the, the master's kingdom. But then, and then it goes to this guy, the one that hit it in fear. He he hit it in the ground. He, he didn't do anything with it. He comes to the master and, and he doesn't say, Lord, look what I've done. He said, watch what it says here. It says, Lord, You delivered, oh no, sorry. It says, then he had received one talent, came and said in verse 24, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there, have it. Have what is yours, mate. Have what is yours. I'm giving it back to you. And I've read this so many times and I've never really fully understood it, but I've got an interpretation of the fact that nowhere else in this scripture does it say that this master is hard. Nowhere does it say it's it's exactly his interpretation. The others did were faithful with the master, did exactly what he said, and well done and good and faithful servant. Not only giving you promotion, I'm coming into the joy. He was a beautiful master. He, he went away for a time. Not only, he didn't even like he went on a journey and he entrusted them with his wealth. He gave him all, all he had, he gave it to them. He didn't even say you've because he says you've got ability. You've got that, you've got natural talent, you've got that. Everyone has that. But he says, "I'm about to give you a gift. I'm about to give you something more than that because I'm making you a not only a servant but a steward." And 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 he, and, and he doesn't the, the master is beautiful, but this guy says, the guy that hidden fear, he says, "Lord, I knew you to be a hard man." He came completely with a, a a blaming and a negative perspective from the get-go. He, he says, reaping what you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. He's essentially saying, you've gone away. You haven't even scattered the seed yourself. And you're reaping what we've done. Like, you're, you're a hard man. You're unfair. And I truly believe that he also got stuck in comparison. Why would he be upset with 33 bags of gold? He was a servant. It was 20 years of salary. Like, for this guy, like, it, this was everything. Like, imagine your, your boss came up to you gave you one and a half million dollars. And you're like, oh, but the other guy he gave you to you got five million. Like, It just, it doesn't make sense in its literal term what the story says. It was valuable, but in in the comparison game, we can feel intimidated by the gifts that are already opened in other people's lives. We can get fearful of the fact like, oh, I don't know am I'm worthy. I've only got limited ability. I've only got limited ability. I don't know if I can enter into my giftings. But God says, the master says, Jesus says in his parable that God has gifted you according to your own ability. That, it, that everything you have, God, is divided according to what you can do already with Him by your side. He says, you know that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. And this is, uh, this is the, Lord's, the Lord speaking to him. He's like, you know that I reap where I've not sown and gather. So he's saying, you, you wicked and lazy servant, in verse 26. This is how the Lord responds. You wicked and lazy servant, you know, you said yourself that I reap where i have not sown, This is something I entrust to you and gather where i have not scattered Said You might as well have just put my money in the bank. Like even if you're not gonna do, you might as well just do the bare minimum. The, the guy wasn't blaming him saying, hey, you haven't multiplied my thing. That was a part of it. But it's the fact that he was not faithful. He didn't even try he saw, the, he saw the opportunity where the others came with faith and said, yes, the master has entrusted me with this responsibility. Yes, the master has given me this gift. They went and went for it. He took the gift and he's like, I'm in, insecure, I'm unable because of my limited ability. And he hid it in the ground and did not make an effort. Yeah. I, I would have loved if there was a fourth servant that, that tried and, and, and didn't hide in the ground, but made nothing. That, that, that's something that I thought like, how incredible would that be? But there's a reason why God hasn't, right? Um, but, but, He didn't even try. And it's not the fact that you're you're not doing amazing show. We're not going to produce incredible things straight away with our gifts, but it's just giving it a go. It's just giving it a try, just being interested and saying, you know what, God, you've given me this gift of salvation. Beautiful. That's, That's out of the way. Holy Spirit, you've given me this gift. What can I do to expand your kingdom? Because we have natural talents. We have abilities. We go to work and we use those. You've got negotiation skills. You know, you're good at sales. You're good at cooking, whatever it may be. But that's for, you know, it says don't store your treasures here on earth. That there is a kingdom of heaven that is greater than the stuff we're doing right now. Your natural abilities, they're great. And that's amazing. God has put those and given them to you. But as Christians, we are stewards of the mysteries of God. And if we don't step into the spiritual realm with them, we're not really doing what we're called to do. Because Jesus came to earth. He showed us. He did it. He gave it to us. He left. And we still think we don't have enough. And we still don't think we have enough, like, but I'm not sure, but, I'm, but we're going to have an opportunity soon. If, you don't, if you're not sure, to, why don't you seek God? I, I love the booklet. I'm going to get the music team up. Um, I'm, look through that booklet. This main cleaner did a test online on spiritual giftings. It might not be conclusive in 100%, but it might give you an urge of, like, maybe, maybe I'm in this way. But I encourage you, why don't you take the initiative? Why don't you take the initiative like the first two servants? Because my question for you and the question I ask myself is, like, which servant am I? Am I known to be using my giftings? Is the giftings that I'm not using and I'm hiding in the grounds? Which servant are you? Are you the well and good? It's, I'm not here for condemnation. I'm just encouraging you. Hey, we have the opportunity before the, before the time comes, before, before the master returns, we have the opportunity to experience the joy of God, the well done, good and faithful. We have the opportunity to be faithful. So I encourage you, pray about your gifts. One of the best ways to find your spiritual gifts is to practice. Practice, see God Let's do something. Let's do something with the gift. Let's not just hide it in the ground. Because if you realize, he's, he didn't, the bastard didn't come back and say, it's okay, you had limited ability. He didn't say, you hid in the ground. You, if I can't see it, it doesn't matter. He, he didn't say that. He says, I've entrusted you. And he says, talking to you today, church, I've entrusted you with gifts. Maybe you haven't unlocked them. That's okay. But we're going to try and unlock them. Does that sound good? Like we're going to try desire, desire what God wants for us. One got stuck in the comparison game. He blamed his master. God, I'm not, as, I'm not good enough. God, you haven't given me what I need. God has given us exactly what we need. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, and I just want to finish with this. If I speak in tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries or knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. I've finished it on that because we're we seeking spiritual gifts, but God's not poking a stick at us. He's not forcing us to do anything. The master wasn't setting people back to say, What's that one servant doing? God is complete, our master has given us these things, things absolutely because he loves us. Absolutely because he wants us to do something with them. And I encourage you today, as we if you perform your spiritual gifts, that's great. If you're not, we're gonna we're gonna try to discover that, but do it with love. Remember that the foundation of the gospel, the mysteries of God, it comes down to love. And there's nothing else that God wants for you than to experience his absolute love. What are we going to do soon? We're going to close our eyes and pray, but I'm going to invite you for ministry time. If you, do, if you don't know, if you're not a Christian and, you, and you're like, I want the Holy Spirit uh, to reveal these things to me, I want to I be saved, I want to enter that love that you're talking about, Joel, come down the front, we can pray for that. If you're like, you know what, I I don't know if I have a spiritual gift or I haven't discovered it. Please come down. We're gonna get the pastor's name. We're gonna pray for it. We're gonna believe for it because it's the faithful servants that came out and received, right? It's the faithful servants that multiplies. the faithful servants. God has given it to you. You can't, there's no excuse. I've told you now. I've told you. I've, I've interpreted the scriptures for you. There's no excuse. You know you have gifts. It's just, it's just finding them. And we'd love, we'd love to help you do that because we know in order to have a multiplying church, in order to have a healthy, active life, a, a life not ruled by fear, by insecurity, we want to help you through that as, as fellow believers. We know it's not for necessarily for your good, it's not for our good, but it's for the common good. The mysteries of God isn't just there to, for the sake of it. There's this big universe isn't there for God just to leave it and we'll just all hope for the best. She'll be right, mate. It's, it's, God has given us the tools and the resources for it. Why don't we stand together and close our eyes. When we close our eyes, right now I'm just gonna <clears throat> I'm just gonna pray. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna leave ample time because I know I know for myself I probably I, I need prayer in this area too. But I I I really hope that some people here step out today and say, "What well, you know? What I don't? Maybe I don't feel the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Jesus, I need to give my life to you." There's another group like Jesus, Holy Spirit. I have a gift that's revealed into me. We're gonna pray for you too. Maybe you have gifts and you think there's more or you need developing. We can pray for that too. But as I pray, we're going to pray, and then the music team's going to play. I encourage you to come up. You've got, you've got absolutely nothing to lose. The only way to lose is to give up and hide it in the ground. I promise you. I promise you. Dear Father, we thank you today, Lord God, that you were a loving God, that you entrusted us, Lord God. You entrusted us with your, your wealth, your resources, your kingdom while you go to heaven, that the kingdom of heaven is so precious. You established it. You built it, Lord God, and you've delegated our spiritual gifts to operate in it, Lord God, and to, and to maintain it. Lord Father, from the very beginning, you want us to maintain the garden, Lord God. I I just pray, Lord Father, that we would be faithful with your commands, that we would be stirred by the love of Christ, that we wouldn't just want to live for the ordinary. We wouldn't want to live in fear and be held back, but we want to live with the power of the Spirit. Lord God, I just pray today that the spirits are unlocked, Lord God. No matter what I say, I know you're speaking through me. No matter what I say, it has to come from the heart of the receiver. Thank you, Jesus, for today, Lord God, that you're about to reveal gifts. Holy Spirit, you're about to move. You're moving right now in the hearts. The inkling that someone gets over that, whether it be prophecy, whether it be healing, whether it be speaking, whether it be hospitality, encouragement, there's gifts that are stirring in the hearts of people right now. Whether it be, it be the, in the tongues, Lord God, people are going to get the, the gift of tongues today, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, that we're going to move in the Spirit today. Not... Not because we have to, but because we want to, Lord God, because your love stirs us. In Jesus' name we pray. Guys, come to the front. Amen. Amen.